stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Senhor, eu vejo well, praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we've come to study the Word of God. It's a great day to look at signs, wonders, and miracles. Today we want to talk about what is our ministry. We've looked at what Jesus did. Now, what are we supposed to do? We're going to look at Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, because that's where Jesus gave his ministry, and his ministry is our ministry. So let's turn to Luke chapter 4, and verse 18 and 19. Let me put on my glasses to read them. And let's read what... Um, well, let's start with verse 17. And he, Jesus, was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the covering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's a lot. That's a full-time ministry right there. Let's see what all this means. He was quoting out of uh, Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2, what his ministry is. You see, the Father sent Jesus for a particular purpose, to minister. Now, he has a purpose for us to minister as well. So what, what was Jesus doing? Jesus preached the gospel to the poor. Well, what's that? What does that mean? It means he was out proclaiming good news. <laughs> I tell you, we need to do that today. The word also means to evangelize. That's what it says in, uh, turn over to uh, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, yeah, I might be able to get there. Acts chapter 16, verse 10. Now, after they, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. To preach the gospel to them. That's saying that he's going to evangelize these people in Macedonia. So that's what the word means. We're not only going to uh, just go out and proclaim the gospel. <clears throat> We're going to evangelize them to bring them into the kingdom of God. And it's to preach the gospel to the poor. What does that mean? Well, these are people who are in low condition. In other words, they're probably in sin, in a low condition. And there are people out there that are really hurting, really need to hear some good news, and they're wrapped up in sin, in all kinds of sin in their life, and they don't know how to get out of it, and they need to come and have the good news proclaimed to them. So that was one thing that Jesus did. He came to proclaim the good news to those that are in sin, those that are hurting, the good news that they can get out of what they're in right now. 
Now, what else was he doing? It said that he healed, healed the brokenhearted. This is, this section is not in the original Greek, but this is exactly what Jesus did. He came to heal. That word heal there means to make complete. You see, Jesus doesn't want us to just be healed in our bodies or just be healed in our minds. He wants to make us whole, completely whole. He wants to make sure that we are complete in him. So he came to heal the brokenhearted. This word brokenhearted means a lot. See if this describes some people that you know, or maybe you've been in this condition before. Uh, I feel like you're broken in pieces. <laughs> yeah, you're scattered all over the place. You got the, uh, part of your body over here, part of your mind over here, part of the situation in your life over here. Everything seems to be scattered. You're just broken apart. Well, also means to be bruised. Remember, Jesus was bruised for us. But bruised means, well, I get a spot on my skin and and I recognize it's there. But it, it, it's not completely deep, but it's, it it hurts. It It's a hurting then it also means that it's crushed. You just feel like there's someone just sat on you. I mean, from you on your head. <laughs> you just feel like you're just completely crushed. You just can't handle it anymore. Everything is falling apart. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> but good news is that this word brokenhearted comes from the Greek word that points us to Present victories over the power of darkness. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's what's good about this word, brokenhearted. Even though we feel crushed, beaten down, sat upon, broken to pieces, just all kinds of stuff happening in our lives, it means also <clears throat> that it's pointing us to the victory over the power of darkness. Hallelujah. And that's what Jesus did for us. He destroyed the works of Satan. He brought us into victory. So he came to heal the brokenhearted, make us complete, and to bring us to the point where we're not all scattered apart, bruised, crushed. We are walking in the victory that he's obtained for us. Oh, boy. He came to also proclaim liberty to the captives. Have you ever been captive before? Uh, no, I, I haven't. Uh, uh, captive means you're, you're subject to the person or situation that you're walking in. You're captive to that. It's just overtaking you. In other words, you may have a family problem in your life that's made you captive to this problem, and it's overwhelmed you. You're subject to that. You just can't get out of it. You seem to be obeying everything that this problem is trying to tell you, and you're just trying to get it resolved, and you're captive to it. Well, it says, proclaim liberty to the captives. Liberty means release, send away, Give up, depart from. 
In other words, this word is saying, listen, I'm releasing you. I'm sending this captivity away from you. Give it up. Tell it to get away. Depart from you. Isn't that great? Isn't that great that Jesus came to proclaim liberty to those that are captive to situations and he's saying you're released from them. No longer does this situation or problem or what's affecting your life that's tearing you down have any more dominion over you. Woo! Mm. Ah, and liberty. Praise the Lord. Mm. Huh, I'm getting excited already. I'm not even completely through all this. Whoa. Well, also recovery is sight to the blind. Oh, okay, I got my eyes closed. You see that? Uh, some people can't see physically. Well, what this is meaning is this blind word means mentally blind. Oh, that's a new story, isn't it? Yeah. Mentally blind. I can't see things like I should. I can't see what God wants to do. I can't see Jesus as I should. I can't see the kingdom of God. I can't see the healing that I need. I can't see what God has promised me. I'm mentally blind. I just can't see it. Well, he came to recover sight to the blind. In other words, Sight means to see again. Yeah. Wow. I can see again. It it also means to listen to this now. It also means to look upwards. (laughs) That's what it's all about, isn't it? (laughs) Keep your eyes, get your eyes off of the natural or on the face of the earth and begin to look up to Jesus. Begin to fix your eyes on Jesus. Begin to fix your mind on Jesus. It's going to affect your thoughts on him. What he is thinking, that's what you want to think. Hallelujah. Get, get, get to look up. Get to look up to him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, recovery of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Oppressed means I'm shattered. Crushed by cruel oppression. Has anyone hurt you lately? Has anyone done something bad against you? Has anyone made you feel angry and bitter and 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 you just want to go up and just sock them and just destroy their lives? Well, he has set at liberty those that have scattered your light, those who have oppressed you. He has set you free from that situation that they're hurting power that's come upon you now you have been set free you don't hurt any longer and you're willing to forgive people hallelujah whoa jesus came to do a lot didn't he let's let's recall what he did he came to preach the gospel to the poor to evangelize them those that are in a bad condition in their life to set them he came to heal the brokenhearted to make them complete to let people know that no longer that they crush, but they can see the victory that God's attained for them. He came to set at liberty of the captives. No longer are you subject 
Are you subject to the situations of life? But you are released from it. It must depart from your life in Jesus' name. Recovery of sight to the blind. Where you couldn't see things clearly, now you do. Then you see what God has for you. Begin to look up and realize that God has set you free. Hallelujah. Whoa, well, how did Jesus do this? How did Jesus do this ministry? Well, let's look and and see. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. That's just right over the next page end almost. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. It says, when people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was baptized. He was baptized by John the Baptist. While he prayed, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descending in bodily form like a dove. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Then we went back over in chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus wasn't doing this on his own. He was doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, he needed his power coming in and through him to do all that he was called to do. He was called to to preach to the poor. He was called to heal the broken heart, to set at liberty those who are cut, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He was able to do this because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through him. He was anointed by God, consecrated as a priest unto God to be able to set at liberty those who were all downtrodden in this in all kinds of shape in their lives. Well, do we have this ministry? Yes, we do. We have the same ministry, the same ministry that Jesus did. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Oh, mercy. Luke chapter 9. Let's see how all this progressed to you and to me. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Let's see where we are. Oh, here we are. Then he, Jesus, called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. He came to get them to do the same thing that he had been doing. Same thing. Over in Acts chapter uh, 1. Over in Acts chapter 1. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. You there yet? Okay. The former account I made of Theopolis of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. He chose the apostles, gave them commands, to do the same thing that he had been doing. The same thing. 
Now, if he chose them, guess what? He chose us. We are his chosen people. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. I got over there real fast like. Uh Ephesians chapter 4, verse uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Just as he chose us, that's what it says in verse 3, verse, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That's who we should walk holy and blameless before him. He chose us before the foundation of the world. He chose us to be in ministry in the kingdom of God, to walk as he walked, to do what he did. Oh, well, John, over in John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus speaking now. And Jesus said, uh, you did not choose me, <laughs> uh, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. He chose us. He appointed us to go and bear fruit for him. Uh you know, I got saved back in uh, March of of 1974, and then April of 74, something happened to me. You see, I didn't choose to be a pastor. No, that was the last thing. I, I didn't even consider that possibility. It wasn't even on my mind, but God chose me to be a pastor. I mean, how in the world did he do that? Well, 48 years ago, this is how he chose me to be a pastor. Uh, in August of 1974, I was reading this book. See this book called The Call. It, it's a, it's a book about Oral Roberts. It's an autobiography about Oral Roberts. And I was reading this book. While I was over in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, preparing for a youth retreat to take place. I was uh, uh, working with the youth in uh, a town outside of Columbia, South Carolina. And I went over there to prepare for a youth retreat. And while I was there, I was reading this book, The Call. Now, if you knew me back then, I didn't read much. But I grabbed hold of this book. I, I read it, the whole thing. And while I was reading it, God called me to be a pastor. I said, what in the world? <coughs> Excuse me, what am I supposed to do now? I got so excited, I came home and told my wife, Frankie, and she said, bye. Uh, I'll, I'll never be a pastor's wife. That's where she grew up. So I'll never marry a preacher. And she said, after what you want to do, go. <laughs> so it took eight months for God to change her heart. But God grabbed hold of me. I had no idea what it meant to be a pastor. 
I had, I've been attending church, but I didn't know what a pastor did. I had no idea what, what entailed that. I had no idea what I was going to face as a pastor. But he called me to be a pastor. What did he call me to do? Well, you're there in, in John 15. Well, in John 14, he called us to do this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. The same ministry that Jesus did, the same ministry. You mean I'm to preach the gospel to the poor? Yes. You mean I'm to heal the brokenhearted? Yes. You mean I am to proclaim liberty to the captives? Yes. You mean I am to have recovery of sight to the blind? Yes. You mean I am to set at liberty those who are oppressed? Yes. I am also to preach the acceptable year of the Lord? Yes. That's my ministry. That's what I'm called to do. But you're a pastor. You're called to do it. He... It didn't say that he was called, he calls you, he chose you because you'd be a pastor. He said he chose you, you, who you are. You are chosen to be in ministry the same as he is. Well, I knew I needed help. And I came back with that knowledge and I went to a lady's house. And I, and I said, listen, I want a confirmation on this thing. I have to do the ministry that Jesus did as a pastor. Can you help me? Well, I sat down on the couch and you know what she did? She opened up the book of Acts and started sharing about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit filled the, the apostles and how they filled them and, and they did all these signs and wonders and they did all this ministry throughout the book of Acts and every, and all the healings that took place and the deliverances and, 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 and I, and I walked out of that just floating. I was full of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what happened until eventually I found out in, in Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says, but you shall receive power, power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. For me, I receive power that I can give witness to Jesus in, in Georgia. <laughs> That's where he sent me. He sent me to South Georgia. So, I, that's where the ministry is. That's, that's where the ministry is. The ministry is in South Georgia. Hallelujah. So I encourage you, whatever you're doing, receive the Holy Spirit. You are anointed by God, chosen to do the ministry of Jesus. Turn over to First Peter, First Peter 2 9. First Peter 2 9. First Peter 2 9 says, but you are a chosen, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
You are a chosen generation. A chosen generation. His special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are chosen. We are chosen. And he has anointed us. He has anointed us for ministry. Turn a little bit more over to to First John chapter 2, verse 20. You see that we are anointed. That's what the scripture says. But you have an anointing from the Holy One who, and you know all things. Oh, yes. I don't know a thing. Yes, you do. You know all things. All things will be revealed to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But you have the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, and it's not a lie. Just as it taught you, you will abide in him. So I have the anointing of God in me to teach me what I need to know to serve him, to be in ministry just like Jesus. Well, whew, I got to take a breath here. That's a lot. That, that, matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to take a, a swallow of something to drink. It, it's just overwhelming me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, you know, you're in God's army. And you have his marching orders. Yeah, he gave you the orders over in, uh, in, in Mark chapter, Mark chapter 16. Did you know that? He gave you his marching orders. Yes, we are to go and to do what he tells us to do. Here's, here's what he's telling us to do. <laughs> Listen now. Starting with verse 16, verse 15 now of chapter 16 of, of Mark, he said to them, go. Huh. Uh, th- 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 that's enough right there. He didn't say to sit still. He said, go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what he said. Preach now. Proclaim the good news into all the world. You mean I got to go around the world? No, you go into the world that you live in. And somebody else will go into the world they live in. And somebody else will go into the world they live in. And if everybody's doing that, then the whole world's going to be covered. <laughs> you won't have to cover the whole world because everybody in the body of Christ should be doing the same thing, ministering in the world that they're in. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. That's what Jesus did. They will speak with new tongues. They take up, uh, they will take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing, it will never, I know means hurt them. No matter what the devil throws at you, not going to hurt you. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's what Jesus said. You know, if you do that, if you start doing what Jesus did, your ministry will be exactly like Jesus. He did miracles. Signs and wonders, and next thing you know, it got the people's attention, and then they came to him, and he taught them about the kingdom of God. 
You do the same thing, and people will hear about it, and they'll come to you, and you can teach them about Jesus. Wow. Listen, I want you to hear this confession that I just read a couple of days ago in my devotional book. This confession to be in ministry like Jesus. Are you ready to hear this? Make this confession for yourself. Uh, when you hear it on this uh, particular teaching, uh, write it down. Write it down for yourself and make this confession for you. And I encourage you to do it daily if necessary. Here's the confession that we need to make. I confess that I give place for Jesus Christ to perform his miracle-working, life-changing ministry through me. Jesus, you have the authority. You have the right to come and minister through me. That's what it's saying. When Jesus walked the earth, he went about doing good, healing all, and destroying the works of the devil. I am anointed. Yes, that's what the scripture says. I am commissioned by him to lay hands on the sick in his name and see them recover. That's what we just read. I'm commissioned to do that. That is God's promise in Mark 16:18, And I boldly claim it by faith as I yield to his compassion and the Holy Spirit and reach out to others with confident expectation to see his miracle-working power released to others through my life. That's the confession that we need to make. Make that confession that Jesus wants to use you to be miracle-working power. The same ministry that he did, he wants to do in and through you. He wants you to move in the compassion that he had for people. He wants you to move in the power that he had. He wants you to move with confident expectation that when you do, people are going to be released from their problems and their lives. They're going to be set free. So you declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Do that for yourself every single day, and I want you to see, I believe you will see things happen in your life that he's going to use you in a mighty way to reach people for the kingdom of God and for the salvation that they need in their life. God bless you, and I'm expecting great things to happen in and through you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. O mundo triste, atribulado pelo.